The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Food for Thought. Your table is now ready. Your servers will be Nate Geary and Bruce Nolan. Our specials today are cold, hard facts and fresh, hot takes. Can I get you started with... I'm sorry, just one moment. Can I get a little energy in here? Serving it up to you live on the Buffalo Rumbling Vidcast Network. I'm Bruce Nolan, that's Nate Geary, and this is Food for Thought, a show combining two of your three favorite F-words. That's right, food and football. The third word is farts. I think you've already used that one, Bruce. Have I used farts before? Uh, I think you've used farts. Well, I was going to talk about how immature we were. Okay, you know what? We're, we're, you've, we're, used, you've used farts. We're going to go ahead and rewind it. It's flowers tonight. Ah. I'll tell you why it's flowers. Because I just finished watching Thor Love and Thunder on Disney Plus, And yeah. flowers are for love. It's a Marvel oh. movie. So we're going we're gonna to go with that. It's going to be delightful. Not a Marvel guy. Not a Marvel guy. So I'm a Marvel guy. I like, that I checks like, out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much everybody would, would expect that. That would track. You know, you'd be like, yeah. Yeah. is Bruce a Marvel guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that, that, that makes that, sense. It's pretty much what we were expecting at that point. That makes sense. A reminder that this show and every show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network is presented by Picasso's Pizza. Picasso's Pizza, the real Buffalo pizza. Get yourself the best tasting slice on game day. Order in person or online at picassospizza.net. Mr. Geary. Hello. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm feeling uh, generous. So Richard, Jr., Karen, can all three of you guys please direct message me your addresses on Twitter because I'm going to send all three of you a Genesee Brewing Company pie class. Boom. Look at us go. We're just giving away stuff. Just giving away the farm. That's how we do it. Unless you already got one and you don't want one. But it, if, if you didn't get one and you want one or if you got one and you want another one. Can I get one? Yeah. Is this I'll supposed to be part of my my care package i still haven't gotten yet what do you think yeah you know like i'm still i'm i I, what i need to do is i i haven't decided if i'm just gonna i I have not had the Oktoberfest yet um genesee brewing company um i bought some for my fantasy draft a couple weeks ago and all of them were drunk uh were drinking we're drinking we're drinking had been had been consumed before i had an opportunity to try one um so, uh, Jr., I'll make sure I get uh, your your address from Bruce. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, so I haven't had a try. What would you rather have? Cran the cranberry one. Hold on, let me. Um, Tennessee Brewing Company. Cranberry. Are we googling things live on the show again? Is that we what's do happening? it all the time? Uh, the cran orange. It's called the the cran orange Kellenbier. I would rather have the cran orange Kellenbier. 
Okay, you want the cran board, cran orange, Kyle and Buyer? I can get. I you am that. not an Oktoberfest guy. Have you tried it though? Well, I just, I'm, just, I'm not typically an Oktoberfest guy. The fall spices are not really my thing. Hmm. It's yeah, Usually but p- pumpkin and nutmeg and things like that. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. That's but that's not Oktoberfest. Okay, so what is Oktoberfest then? Oktoberfest is sort of a darker comforting not heavy but it's just darker you're not getting any true fall flavors it's just the transition into darker beer season uh no. go look up look up the actual you know the actual uh ingredients for that beer and i'll bet you there's something weird in there mm, what kind of beer is oktoberfest uh it is a lager so it's just a dark lager I don't know. Yeah, how about that? The, the cran orange. Okay, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you a twelver of, of cran orange, and I'll get you some. Uh, I'll I'll get you some mustard too, because I owe you some mustard yeah, as well. Mustard. Although I, I've been using the hell out of that mustard. Go ahead, make sure if you're here with us, you are liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing. I feel like it's been a minute since we got in a review. So go to the podcast mm. network or go to the YouTube channel. Drop us a, a nice comment or something like that so we know that you love us because we're sensitive and we need the validation. Very sensitive. Because that's just that's just kind of the way we are, you know. We need we're very, very fragile egos here. We need Incredibly constant validation. Fragile, yeah. But you know what? If we didn't have fragile egos and we had been well fed, then we wouldn't be hangry. But occasionally right. you get hangry. Now, why on earth, Bruce, would you pick foods? That you eat when you're hangry for this topic. Well, because Mm. this week's matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans features the top two all-time leaders in Kyle Brandt's Angry Runs trophy. Josh Allen and Derrick Henry. And so I decided that we're going to do Hangry Runs. We're going to talk about Hangry Runs. We're going to talk about foods that you want to eat when you're hangry, when you are so grumpy that mm. you just need to eat something, what is it that's going to make the world okay again? Nate? It's not It's not a one I'm particularly proud of, Bruce. Do you, I, okay. I hope, okay. So no judgment th- here. This I is, mean, this is. Some judgment. This is something that I would, that I'm actively trying to change about myself but it's fast food and it's probably like a burger of some sort it doesn't always have to be mcdonald's but it could be burger king i'm i've really sworn off the wendy's game it's not really for me um i don't know what it is Surprise, man i used to really like wendy's uh this used to be a proper country uh wendy's used to be a proper (laughs) wendy's used to be a proper fast food destination it's not really anymore so um yeah, I don't know what it is, Bruce. When I'm like in a grumpy mood, all I want is like a big, giant, greasy burger. Or in the case of McDonald's, just a kind of a small, a small burger because they're not really big. I mean, you could get a quarter pounder, a double quarter pounder with cheese. But when I'm like in that true hangry mood, I'm really just kind of looking for a sulk style food, a sulking food. And I feel like I can really drown my sorrows in the grease that comes on a, you know, a McDonald's cheeseburger, you know. No, I get it completely. I understand completely. Sometimes you feel like something that you know is not good for you. It's just the yes. way it is. You know, right. it's a little bit like when people who are really, really stressed go, I need a smoke. You know what I mean? <laughs> you feel yeah. like something that's really bad for you. For me, I try and go the opposite direction. Ah. I try and go, I need something good for me. I need something that's going to help calm me down. For me, it is green tea. So hmm. one of the things that is. But you're hungry. Yes, I am. But I need to calm down because I'm hangry. So green tea is it for me. So I'll give you a great example. My wife right now is preparing a green tea for me. Hmm. We make green tea with honey, and I usually drink it while I'm doing a show. And the reason I drink it while I'm doing a show is because I'm not used to talking this much. Yeah. Give me a freaking break, Bruce. Give me a break. Over the course of my normal day, I don't actually speak that much. All of my talking is done on these shows and I'm exhausted when it's over, mm. but I got to keep mm. the voice lubricated. That's what I got. I'm not really for. used. 
Yes, that's what you got that for. And so for me, I absolutely need to have some green tea. So when I'm doing the show on Wednesday night, when I'm recording the Bruce exclusive on Fridays, when I'm recording food for thought, I need things like that. When I get hangry, it also, because it's hot, it forces you to drink it slowly, which forces you to slow down, slows your heart rate. Maybe you bring it up to your mouth and you give it a good, all of the relaxation that you need is in a gigantic mug of green tea. Usually Hmm. it'll be in some sort of wonderful mug with some sort of wonderful life lesson on it. Like my wife has one. My wife is a Harry Potter person and she's a Hufflepuff. And it's she's says, a Hufflepuff. She's a Hufflepuff. My wife is a Hufflepuff. Hmm. And what are you? Has, what are I'm you? Ravenclaw. Huh? Yeah, I'm a Ravenclaw. Yeah. But she's a Hufflepuff, and her mug says, "I don't give a Huffle f- the, the 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 bad word that we don't say here." Sure. Yeah, we don't say words like that because this is a PG-13. We only had one of them, and we're not allowed any of them because it's not really PG. It's actually a PG show. Is what it is. It so, is PG, yeah. Because if it was PG thirteen, I would be allowed one f bomb per show. As a, just quick, quick, quick little aside here, because you know we're already off on tangent. The greatest sure. one off f bomb of all time is in X Men First Class, hands down. The greatest, one hundred percent greatest one off f bomb in any PG thirteen movie ever is when Magneto and Charles Xavier are trying to recruit a bunch of mutants and Wolverine has a cameo and they just walk right up to him and he drops the F-bomb and they turn right around and walk right out. And that's the end. That's, that's the whole scene. <laughs> it is the greatest one-off scene. F-bomb end scene of all time. It is hands down. Karen says she's never watched a Harry Potter movie. Karen, you don't love fun. That's the problem. You need to love fun more. My wife will, will help you with that. It will help you to make sure, yes, my wife is a Hufflepuff. I am a, a Ravenclaw, and uh, she has a fun thing. But green tea is my food for when I'm hangry because I want to go the opposite direction. If you had to guess what I was, what house? What, what house would you think that I was in? You're absolutely a Hufflepuff. I am not. You're not? What are you? I'm not. No way. Gryffindor, bro. No. When did you take yeah. a test that said you were Gryffindor? I got, I think I, this is going to come off even more sad than it should sound, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure I have a, a certificate saved in, on my computer on my desktop. A PDF? you going to email me? <laughs> you share your screen? It's no, guys, seriously, I'm a Hufflepuff. Yeah. I'm a Gryffindor. Everybody wants to be a Gryffindor. Nobody wants Every, to be a Ravenclaw. We're the, no, we're the nerds nobody, of the group. You are the nerds of the group. I am the nerd of the group. I'm the nerd. You of are the nerd. Whatever, whatever group I'm actually in, that's the group that has the nerd. That's exactly what it is. And right on cue, Mrs. Nolan walking in the door with the green tea. So, hi, Mrs. Nolan. Yes, Nate says hi to Mrs. Nolan. Hi. And Mrs. Nolan says hi. And now she's she's on her way out. So that was it. That was wonderful. That was Mrs. Nolan, ladies and gentlemen. So if the upcoming Titans-Bills game, Nate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was a food. Now, I mentioned that we talked about hangry because of angry runs and Derrick mm-hmm. Henry and Josh Allen. Well, if the upcoming Titans Bills game was a food, here's what food I think it was be. It would be. Was be. It would be. It was be. It would be an open faced root roast beef sandwich. Root roast beef. Yes. An open faced roast beef sandwich. And I'll tell you why. Every open faced sandwich you've ever had is just an excuse to turn it into a casserole. Right? I mean, Open-faced sandwiches aren't even sandwiches. They're eaten with a fork. And what happens is people take the opportunity to make them far messier. Now, we have a problem in today's society. We make sandwiches way too messy. We throw all this crap on here. That is right. You can barely fit your mouth around. It's got 9 million different ingredients. And you go, this is a sandwich. No, it's not. This is a frustration wrapped around a bun. That's what this is. (laughs) This is people who have OCD. This is their worst nightmare. That's what this is. This is not a sandwich. This is an abomination. It is a affront to God and to Alton Brown himself. Make sandwiches conservative again. Absolutely. And mm. what we've done is we go, oh, we'll just take the top bun off. We'll just call it an open face sandwich. No, that doesn't make it any better. So what an open face sandwich is now is it is 
everything that you think a sandwich, an entire plate should be, only just muck the heck up, mm. right? You got roast beef, you got gravy. They'll throw mashed potatoes on the sandwich. They'll drown <laughs> the whole thing in there, put stuffing on there. And they'll go, like, oh, because it's an open face sandwich. No, it's an entire Thanksgiving plate that is all thrown in one thing. Because if the weather is as poor as it might be, because it might be rainy. I hope it's not. I hope right? it's not. If it's a bunch of rainy and the Titans have Derrick Henry, it's going to be sloppy. Mm -hmm. And just like an open face sandwich, it has all of the constructs of a football game, right? There's an oblong ball. There are people saying, hike, we're trying to get in the end zone. But it's an extra sloppy version of extra the thing sloppy. you like. And that's what makes it an open-faced root beer sandwich. Not root beer, roast beef. What is wrong with me? It's the second time I tried to say root beer sandwich. Two times. I, I think I need a root beer is what I need. I'll finish. I'll, I'll have one when I'm done with my green tea. But You have root beer uh, lying around? Absolutely, have great root beer. Root beer is one of my few, one of my few sodas that I keep on hand, and I keep it. I, I have it as a dessert occasionally. I was like, oh, I want a dessert. I'm gonna have a root beer. And I, I can't really tell you the last beer. time. Can't tell you the last time I've had root beer. Um, do you, can I tell you one of the reasons why too is for whatever reason root beer tends to be caffeine free. I hate that. Mm, hate it. it. Hate it. Um, but a good root beer float is really is very. It is a very elite thing, but. Um, yeah, I can't tell you the last time I've had a root beer. Hmm. Okay, so if the upcoming Bills-Titans game was a food and it wasn't a root beer, but instead was a roast beef sandwich, what would you think it would be while we're rocking it out? <clears throat> it would be, Bruce, if Titans-Bills were a food, it would be chicken salad. Because, Bruce, Ooh. much like revenge, chicken oh. salad is best served cold. And for me... There are a lot of components to a great chicken sandwich, right? There are other, well, the most important part is the chicken. Some might argue it's the mayonnaise. My girlfriend does not really, she, there, there's a hundred percent mayo in it. I understand this. Uh, so it's not completely, you know, mayo free when my girlfriend makes it for me, but I really do love chicken salad, little dried cranberries in there, mm. some, some, some chopped up celery, right? Mm. Like a really nice, rich, fresh sandwich. Um, and this is, has a lot of makings of what could potentially be a revenge game, Bruce, for the Bills, right? I mean, to the last two seasons, this is a Tennessee Titans team that sort of had the Bills number. And, you know, last year they, they beat them 34 to 31 on a kind of a fluky slip by Josh Allen at the goal line. And the year before, the flukiness of the COVID thing and the game getting moved and, and everything that sort of happened, I felt like the Bills sort of had a bad taste in their mouth for that one. And, and now the Bills and Titans, I feel like, are on two very, very different trajectories, right? Like one feels like they're going down. The other one kind of feels like they're going up. And um, I think for the Bills, there, there, there's got to be um, a desire to, especially in a national broadcast, put a Tennessee Titans season. I, listen, I know it's not the brink, but 0-2, very few 0-2 teams. It's a very low percentage, Bruce, of teams that start the season 0-2 that make it to the playoffs. So it, what you want to do if you're the Bills is put the Tennessee Titans in a position early in this season that that puts them trying to play from behind in a division that, you know, I don't know what, what Jacksonville is going to be, but I feel like they're going to be better this year. Um, the Colts, I don't know what that was week one, not going to lie, um, you know, tying the Houston Texans. And then Houston seems like they're going to be a sneaky, difficult team to win, uh, to beat each in uh, each week in and week out. So, uh, yeah, I, I went with chicken salad mostly not not because of the components so much as uh, it is a food that is just best served cold, much like the revenge. The Bills are going to likely be serving up the Tennessee Titans on Monday morning or Monday night, I should say, not Monday morning. Hopefully not Monday morning. I'll be working. Yes, that would be a whole thing. I would very much like for it to not take place. No. Monday. I'm glad we don't live in the COVID year where we ended up rescheduling games for like 5 o'clock on Tuesday. Yeah, that was terrible. Don't although, get me wrong. Yeah, although having a five, having a Tuesday game to, to jumble in my week wasn't the worst mm. thing. Um, it was the like random times, 510 and just like random times some of those games were going on. Yeah, very weird. And multiple reschedules. I don't, I don't miss the COVID. Thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't miss the COVID era. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not interested in going back. No, thank you. No, ain't going back. And you know who would be interested in going back is the Bills fans who really, really, really loved 
to watch the Buffalo Bills defense against the Los Angeles Rams offense put a shellacking yes. on them. And I wrote about it in my column for Buffalo Rumblings this week. And what I wrote was, I wrote that the game against the Los Angeles Rams for the Bills defense was almost the pinnacle of a process that started five years ago. And that is that the back seven has been fairly stable for the entirety of the Sean McDermott era. But there was tweak after tweak mm. after tweak after tweak to the front four over and yep. over and over again. Overhaul after overhaul after overhaul after overhaul. They almost have eras of the front four into Sean McDermott tenure. Inside the Sean McDermott tenure, you still have the Vernon Butler, Quentin Jefferson era, mm. right? <laughs> and all things like that. You know, Starla Tule, Trent Murphy era. Right. And oh, the Trent look, Murphy era. Yeah. Yes. The Trent Murphy era. And I felt like it was the accumulation of five years of work. Like he finally got it right. Right. He finally yeah. got the perfect marriage. But for me, if I was to use a food simile, because that's what we do, it's, it is what show, we do. The performance of the defense last night, last week, excuse me, made me feel like I was going to Shake Shack for the first time. So, hmm. I like Shake Shack. We've talked about this before. Shake Shack, Whataburger, Five Guys. As far as regional, fast, casual burger chains, I'm interested. I love cheeseburgers. Huge cheeseburger guy. Very picky about it. But I had a pretty good idea that I was going to like Shake Shack when I sure. went. You have a pretty good idea. Based I've on never had it, but I feel like I'd like it. You feel like you like it. You have a pretty good idea. You're like, you know what? You don't want to go in expecting it to be the best thing in the world, right? But you do want to go in with an idea that I expect that I will enjoy this. That's what I expect will happen. And so when you think to yourself, okay, you know what? I'm that's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to I'm gonna have the shake shack and I think I'm gonna like it. But then you have it, and not only do you like it, it's really, really good. Like your expectations were moderately high, you were optimistic, even cautiously. But then you go in and you go, wow, that was, that was like, that was really good. Mm. I, I sure hope that when I go back the next time, it'll be that good again. That's the way I feel when it comes to performance of the defense last week. For me, I think I had high expectations for the Buffalo Bills defense this year for all the reasons we just talked about. The back seven is basically identical, even without Tredavious White. The back seven is still really good. And when you add Von Miller and a piece that I have consistently pumped up over the course of the offseason, Daquan Jones, when you add those players, you expect, okay, this is this is the iteration that will get us what we want, right? Von Miller is the finisher, right? We've talked about pressures and sacks for what seems like four years. And this is going to be the finisher. Ed Oliver's going to come into his own. It's going to be great. We got Jordan Phillips back, who's an unbelievable rotational piece. Yep. You have the second year of Greg Russo, the third year of AJ Epines, the second year of Boogie Basham. This is going to be the final frontier, right? This is the final form of the front four. The final form of the front four. There we go. There's an alliterative fun for you. That's what that was my F word right there. It was food, football, and the final form of the front four. <laughs> <laughs> which has four F words, by the way, all which it works was, out way. All it took was to get through halfway through the show to figure that one out, Bruce. It's fine. And some green tea. Yes. Well, that's the yes. arguably the most important part of it. Hands down the most important thing. So to me, it was like having Shake Shack. I went in with reasonable expectations, but then the second I had them, there was two thoughts that went through my head. Oh my gosh, this is even better. And I hope it looks that good again. And mm. that's where I'm at with the Buffalo Bills defense. The Buffalo Bills defense shut down a... Really good offense. Now, sample size is still one, right? But really optimistic. I don't go into this game expecting Derrick Henry to bust out 140 yards and three touchdowns again. I don't. I would be shocked if he I did. I also would be shocked. Yeah. Because the Bills have historically done fairly well against Derrick Henry when it comes to carries and yards. Now, on the goal line, they, they give up touchdowns, but everyone gives on the goal line touchdowns to, That's right. to Derrick Henry. That's what he does. But they don't get there as much. So for me... That's why I feel with the Buffalo Bills defense. It was better than I expected, and now I'm just waiting around to see if I get more sample size. Nate, how about you? I am going to go with um, the Bills' defensive performance last week 
last week against the Los Angeles Rams and what that makes me feel like. It makes me feel like my favorite restaurant, Bruce, is getting new ownership. It's getting new equipment, new cooking equipment, right? Like new grills, maybe up to date, new types of uh, new types of you know, deep fryers or just the newest technology in cooking attire, right? Better quality ingredients, but it's all of your same dishes, right? It's it's the same defense we've seen for the last however many years, five years, seven, six years that Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier have been here. And there has been no fundamental changes to the scheme, Bruce, but there's better equipment. There's better ingredients. Um, there, there might be a better chef in that kitchen now. And, and that's kind of like what it reminds me of is, you know, like I, I'm still getting the same chicken Parmesan and I'm still getting the same, uh, you know, Italian beef sandwich that I had before, but, but now I'm getting organic pasture fed beef. And now I'm getting, you know, home house-made breads and ciabattas. And um, you know, like that, that's kind of what I'm feeling like this bill's defense has now, right? Like it has that elite level hall of fame pass rusher with Von Miller that, Again, I know we we going into last week or going into our show Friday, you and I talked about how Von Miller looked more like the defensive player of the year version of Von Miller than the guy we we saw like at the end of his career who kind of looked like he was toning down a bit in, in Denver. And then you go um, and you, you see him sort of revive some of that 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 prime level Von Miller play in the playoffs last year. But the guy we saw week one, Bruce, looked energized. He looked renewed, right? I mean, he looked like the prime version of Von Miller. And if that's what the Bills got for six years, $120 million, I know it's not going to be the number at the end of the day that that, that it likely ends up being. But if that's what the Bills, if the, if the Bills are going to get that for 18, 20, 25 games, man, it's going to be one of the best investments this franchise has ever made. And it would be a hard press for me if this team doesn't win a Super Bowl. Wow, that's a, that's a bold statement. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bruce, if they're getting the performance we saw from week one for 18, 20, 25 games from Von Miller. They've got one of the best pass rushers in football, and it's it's starting to rub off on Gregory Rousseau. It's starting to rub off on Boogie Basham. I'm excited to see the trajectory for for Boogie Basham now, uh, Bruce, like that. that That's a guy that had gotten drafted was a second was a second round pick, in my opinion, because of his motor because of his his desire to play um, and how he plays football was sort of just, it was tailor-made for Sean McDermott, for Leslie Frazier, for this organization, right? And he's a hustle guy. Um, he He's not going to flash you with, you know, the the athleticism and the height and weight and the, you know, the, the things that make Gregory so special are not the things that make Boogie Basham special. They're not the things that make AJ Epinesa special. They're not the things that make Tim, Tim settle or Ed Oliver. They just have a bunch of different pieces that all bring a unique, different skill set or a, a different, you know, motor and engine level and, 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 and energy level and, and spark plug to this defense. And, you know, when one guy comes in and the next guy follows, there's not that drop off, Bruce. There's, you know, and, and as much as all of us really liked Harrison Phillips, it is just so obvious um, that they needed that that upgrade. And, and, and Jordan Phillips is several million dollars cheaper. And right now, through the first game of the season, that that move, that swap is paying dividends. It absolutely is. And, you know, one of the things I wasn't expecting to see from this defense is I was not expecting to see a player like A.J. Epinesa have the same get-off time as Von Miller. That's what I, you know, if you get, they have ability now to take chips that are in your, not potato chips, but microchips that are in your shoulder pads and use them to track the amount of time it takes after the ball is snapped for you to cross the line of scrimmage, right? It's get-off time. Anything less than 0.8 is good. Von Miller and AJ Epinesa were both in the 0.6s. Now tell me you didn't tell me you didn't watch AJ Epinesa coming out of college at every bit of 286 and thought, yeah, speed rusher. That's what he's gonna be. We're gonna turn him (laughs) into a speed rusher. I don't even know the same guy. I don't even I was on with Coach Vass on Tuesday. Yeah. And we were talking about the Bills defense. And I said, you would never look at AJ Epinesa and think to yourself, yeah, they thought he might have been a five tech. 
when he came out of college. Right. They were thinking, oh, maybe he'll be a 3-4. Three, 3-4 four. Three, four end. end. Yep. 3-4 <laughs> end. Edge setter, um, uh, Stefan Tuitt type. Right. And now, and now I'm starting to realize that there's a, there's a method to the madness when it comes to Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, and taking these players like this. What they've come to realize is that when you get thinner, your, your arms don't get shorter. That's why you take people like Greg Rousseau yeah. and AJ Epinesa, who both of them, both of them had the same, is he Eric Armstead questions coming out of college? Is he not really a 4-3 base end? Is he really like an Eric Armstead kind of player, right? Is he a Brenston Buckner sort of player? Like what kind of player is this, right? Both of them took that role and then they slimmed down. And when you get slimmer, your arms don't get shorter. That's right. <laughs> and that's and that's the joy. They get these gigantic people with long arms. And they say, oh, we're going to drop you some weight. That way you get to pick up the speed, but you get to keep the length. And so there's a method to the madness, but that's one of the things I was not expecting to see. And I'm no. continually shocked when I see it. I just. He's 24 years old, Bruce. I just. He's still. I just yeah. He's still just really young in the development process. Right. And there's, really there's young. clearly more there, you know, and that's why they, that's why you stick around with a guy like AJ Epinesa. Plus, I mean, he's a second round pick. Um, and yeah, I, I, overall to see that week one performance from Epinesa to see that week one performance from, um, you know, from Jordan Phillips and Von Miller and Greg Rousseau and Carlos Basham. There's just, there's, there's a lot to like about this defense. Now, they're going to have to potentially get through this game on Monday night without their top two, two of their top three interior defensive linemen in, uh, you know, in Ed Oliver, who's, who's, you know, dealing with that ankle and Tim Settle, who's dealing with the calf. Um, but I, you know, this, this line has been built to not necessarily overcome those losses, but to at least get by if they lose a guy or two at any point this season, which they looks like we're going to test that depth very early on here. Steve in the comment section says, but two of our DTs may not play, and Jackson is also injured, worried. Number one, I care about participation on on Saturday. That's why I care about participation on Saturday. Because Saturday is the Friday because the game is on Monday. That's right. That's so right. today was a walkthrough on Friday, which means they're really not going to tell you anything no. about participation. So I'll worry not about participation on Saturday. The second thing is, if there was a game when you wanted to have some injuries on defense, it's the Titans game. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because the Titans are a bad offense. I'm saying it because they're not the Rams. Yeah. And they're predictable right? on offense. Yeah. I mean, this is a 65% zone rushing team yep. with Derrick Henry coming downhill and he's going to smack you for three yards at a time and until gonna, he breaks a 60 yarder. That's and just then the they're way it is. Pop play action behind you. You know, so you and can now, run your zones. You just got to uh -huh. what you have to do, Bruce, is you got to rely on the corners. You got to rely on your two rookies in Kyrie Elam and Christian Benford to play and tackle in this football game. And something that Kyrie Elam does not love to do, but to play physically, to tackle. Um, that's what those defensive uh, those defensive backs are going to have to do in this game, because there's a good chance Derrick Henry is going to get to the edge. There's a good chance that he's going to get to the second level. Um, and I think you're going to see a huge, huge performance. You're going to need one from Daquan Jones in this game. I watched Derrick Henry back again, and I, he doesn't look I, the same anymore, man. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I think that I think the hit is getting overrated because he was almost he was leaving the ground to try and hurdles like he was trying to step kind of over somebody when he got hit. So that big hit that the Giants linebacker laid on him, I think that one's getting overplayed a little bit because he was kind of in the air. When he got hit mm. there, I know and the so one you're talking about. Yeah, that one's like, oh, oh Derrick Henry's mortal because he got hit. He's still a big guy who runs fast. That's just the way it is. That's right. Still a big guy who runs fast. So Troy says I, he's got a food simile for us. It's lobster tail at Red Lobster, but knowing it can get better when going to an elite restaurant like when Trey gets back. Mm. So the defense, Ooh. he says, is having lobster tail. But having it at Red Lobster, it's, yeah, it's a great food, right? But it's still Red Lobster. You can yeah. still do better. Hey, don't don't talk down to my Cheddar Bay's, bro. Don't don't you dare talk down to my Cheddar Bay's. Did I ever tell you that Mrs. Nolan can make Cheddar Bay's? Yeah, I mean, everybody can make Cheddar Bay's. Makes she she makes Cheddar Bay's, and they're fantastic. They are. It's it's a great concept. I. What is, what steakhouse is it? Is it, it's not Outback? What no Outback has the little mini loaves of of wheat bread, which you know, listen. I think when we're talking about chain restaurants, here's the one thing you're going to notice about every chain restaurant. They've always got a go-to appetizer. 
Because what they're trying to do is distract you away from how terrible the entree. Well, not terrible, but just how mediocre that entree is going to be. Aggressively mediocre. Yeah, like let's 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 have Olive Garden have the breadsticks. Let's have the blooming onion if we're out back. Let's have the delicious warm bread with the really delicious whipped butter if we're outback steakhouse too they, they've got a really good and uh and longhorn steakhouse right like so you go to these you go to the and, and cheddar bay biscuits for red lobster right so like that that is i'm starting to catch on to these chain restaurants and the idea that ruby tuesdays has the uh has the salad bar uh baby back ribs thanks jessica uh for chilies jessica uh if you follow me on twitter uh, shoot me a DM and send me your address. I'll send you over a uh, a Genesee Brewing Company pint class, courtesy of our proud sponsor here, Genesee Brewing Company. That's four. I just gave away. That's four pint classes I've given away. You in did this give away four pint classes. Goodness gracious! You know, that's the thing about Genesee Brewery. You know, that's the thing that makes them such an awesome partner for the show because we we both love Genesee products and. We love to be able to just randomly bust into the ad read at any given time because since 1878, yes. Genesee has poured generations of brewing knowledge into each pint, can, and bottle of their beer. Nate, I've heard they don't make any sacrifices when it comes to their beer, brewing each with the highest quality ingredients for a consistently great drinking experience. Look for Genesee Beer, Genesee Light, Cream Ale, and their specialty line with beers like Ruby Red Kolsch and Oktoberfest, Genesee Brewery, Rochester, New York. So this is really important. Cran Orange Keller beer. Yeah. It says it's brewed with Genesee's German heritage in mind, but with a modern twist of cranberry and orange. The result is a bright, slightly sweet lager with a refreshing light malt body. Nate, I got to be honest, man. That sounds delicious, and I need you to have it to me as soon as possible. Okay, deal. I, I I can I can. There's plenty of those at the store. They're not running. I'm absolutely in. I'm I'm 100 in on that. Have you had right. it yet? I have. Yes. It's. Is it's it as good, good as pineapple Kolsch? No. Because no. I missed out. Oh no. No. I mean, it's very I good. It's not on the pineapple Kolsch. Pineapple Kolsch. But the the good news is, is it was so popular. That's going to be back next year. You think? That that'll be back. Do you think we could like start like a like a petition if it's not? I got a guy. Do you think they'll listen to us? I, like I, I know good. a guy. I know a guy. All right. All I'm right. the guy, Bruce. Like, I, I, I'm i the guy. I'm the Kolsch kid. So. Jessica brings up a good point. Applebee's doesn't really have a go-to. Yes, it does. Okay, what's Applebee's what go-to? Applebee's is the um, boneless chicken fingers. The boneless chicken wings. That's their go-to thing? Yeah, is... buffalo poppers or whatever they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been if a I while go to the front me. page, all you can eat wings is right on the front page. That's Applebee's. Yes, all, all you, can you can eat, eat wings. boneless wings. Yes, yes, all you can. Yeah, that that's their right. Fill up on these boneless wings. Is that like, okay, always yeah, their good. thing, or is that just yes. a thing seasonally? Yes, and it's just like remember Fridays always used to have the um was what they said like the extended happy hours, where it's like all you can eat appetizers. Sure. Yeah. Because the, the and. Here's the one thing I will say about this RIP to the Friday's Jack Daniels burger, because that, that was thing so was good. actually freaking amazing. Was, the, the, the Jack, Jack Daniels, Daniels jelly. Sauce. Yeah, it was the jelly. They made like a Jack Daniels jelly that they would spread on the burger. And it was like super potenty, delicious bourbon with some onion. Oh man. It was almost the, like an longer onion than jam. days. Yes. Yes. Like longer the days where we got to enjoy a Jack Daniels burger from Fridays. I haven't been to Fridays or Applebee's in my God, man. First of all, try to convince me that Applebee's and Fridays just aren't, you know, are covers for some sort of mob and or drug activity because I had never see Nate, anybody inside Applebee's or As somebody who the FBI is already chasing, I don't think you want to go down this road, my friend. Uh, but tell Do you me want any more heat on us than needs to be. When was the last time you've driven past an Applebee's and been like, wow, that place is packed or there's a line out the door? What year is it now? It's 2022, the Lord's year, 2022. 93? <laughs> 94? I mean, it's been at least, it's been at least 20 years. Maybe 30. 
Um, I will tell you the last time I had Applebee's was when uh, they hosted our pancake breakfast my junior year for our football team. So I had pancakes that I made at Applebee's. That was the last time I remember eating Applebee's. There was so in Hamburg, like right near the stadium, actually right down the street from the stadium by the McKinley Mall, there was this corner that had Olive Garden, Ruby Tuesdays, TGA Fridays, and Applebee's all right next to each other. That's like the Four Horsemen. Yeah. And then there was a Manchurian. Then there, then there was a Manchurian buffet uh, on the other corner as well. Um, and that was always kind of my go-to because it was the kind of place where, you know, as in high school, you, you could ride your bike for ten ninety nine, eat enough to vomit. Which okay. is when I knew I was full when I was like 16. Sure. When I, yeah. when I had a vomit, I knew that I had eaten enough. One of my favorite lines of all time from Parks and Rec is when Andy Dwyer says, I'm allergic to sushi after I've had 80 sushis I throw up. <laughs> yes yes andy yes yes that that's that that's what that means andy thank you for thank you for sharing you know so parks and record now now that we're you know we this is by the way if you're new if you this is the first time you're watching or listening to food for thought this is called tangent hour this is where bruce and i allow our adhd to get the best of us and bruce will say something that will turn into a three to five minute conversation that is unrelated to anything we've talked about for the rest of the podcast. And that's part of the glory of food for thought. It's that you can sort of enjoy the fact that there are two very flawed, very immature in their own heads and their inability to move from, or or, or I would say over ability to move from idea to idea. Uh, that's the beauty of the show. So we're we're really connecting a lot of dots here on the show. If this is the first time, or if you're like Karen or Jr. or Liam, you've you've been here a while, so you kind of know the craziness, what to expect. Um, we just went on a tangent about Applebee's Fridays and and Ruby Tuesdays, and now I want to quickly say that it took me a really long time to get into Parks and Rec. I watched it, I loved it, and I have not watched it back yet. And I feel that the two shows right now that I need to go back and rewatch fully in, in its totality, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Parks and Rec. Well, you know, they're both made by the same guy, you know, yep. Michael Schur. Um, yep. They are two of my top 10 favorite shows of all time. Agreed. Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine is, is so good. This is embarrassing. This is so embarrassing for me. And I haven't good. finished The Good Place yet, um, which, is the, which is the third Michael Schur show. It's the other one that he made. I haven't finished it yet. We're trying to work our way through the Goldbergs right now. When we're done with the Goldbergs, then we're going to hit How is good the place. Goldbergs? It starts off weird, and then it really hits its stride. Season two, three, four, really good. And then it just kind of tapers off from there. At this point, it's almost like Big Bang in the sense I just want it to be over now. Ah, uh, yeah. See, that's, that's you know? the problem for me for modern-day sitcoms. Because, first of all, I'm a big Jeff Garland fan. I mean, he, he and Larry David – in Curber Enthusiasm are right. as good as it gets. Are you a Curb guy? I've only watched like three episodes of Curb. Oh, gosh almighty. I enjoyed it, but we I don't should... have a... Curb is on HBO, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have HBO. Listen, it, this is this is the great part, uh, and if the FBI is listening, cover your ears. Uh, I, I, don't, I wouldn't mind password sharing with you. You you, you could throw on the, the HBO sometime if you, if you felt necessary. Appreciate that. I'll let you know. That, that's what friends are for. Well, what what else would you do this podcast with me if I couldn't share a password or two with you? Well, I thought I was just here hanging on your coattails. Like, that was the well, entire idea. Well, I'm, only, I'm swimming in my wake. Yes, I'm, you're swimming, I'm in, swimming my in my wake. I, I'm yeah. using you to drift, right? I'm basically just using your star to I've, partially illuminate myself. Yeah, I mean, so that's most of my friends. So, you know, I mean, sure. that makes sense. I mean, you knew what this was, yeah, right? I, mean, I, I knew from right from the beginning, Bruce. I, I, knew, I knew it exactly to expect, so don't worry. I'm just I'm just I'm just using you to further my own ambition. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't say it with a straight face. The guy who doesn't me show his that's face somehow. it's the <laughs> it's the one thing overwhelmingly than our love for Picasso's Pizza, who is another sponsor of our show. Um, me and Miss Nolan have a lot in common in that you know you're just like an anchor of your just dead weight. It's true. It's true. Both of you are being <laughs> held back by me. That's one of my one of my one of my favorite things about. When, when somebody will get like really mad at me on like Reddit and they'll say mean things about me on, by the way, I'm going to do that at some point. I'm going to do a, you know how they do the uh, celebrities read mean tweets. Yeah. Oh I'm gonna yeah. Try, I'm going to try and get a mean tweets thing going 
for like Buffalo Bills content creators where they each read mean tweets about himself themselves with the background being everybody hurts yeah, in the yeah, background. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna try, I'm gonna try and get that. Anyway, hey, wait, wait. Before say, we move on, hold on. Before we move what? on, Troy, hit me up on Twitter. Let's get you a Genesee Brewing Company pint glass, my man. Do it, do it, Troy. That's five. I've given away five, five. pint glasses tonight. Anyway, what I was gonna say was that's the hilarious part about someone on Twitter or Reddit or all that stuff saying, "Oh, well, Bruce, you know." He's so arrogant, right? He's so self-centered. He's full of it's himself, true. right? I'm it's like, yes, true. you're right. The guy who doesn't want his real name or face on anything is <laughs> that's the guy who is completely narcissistic. Just, just, just self-fulfilling. Right. Yep. Yep. The guy who doesn't want his real name or face on anything. That's, that's the fact. guy who's all about his own, his own that's name and lights. That's what it is. Yep. That's a fact. Yep. Yeah, Karen says we should re-mean tweets one of these Fridays. I think we probably should. That's kind of like what this show is. This show, this tonight show, has gone completely off the rails. But as is tradition. At, at no point have we claimed this show to be anything other than just entertainment. Yeah. It's just, it's just yeah. fun. It's just a good time. Right. That's, it's just two dudes shooting the crap, going to talk some food, talk some football, hang it up, call it a day. Because you know what? The Bruce Exclusive is a very serious show. That is a very, very serious show. We yeah. talk about Greek philosophy. We talk about logical fallacies. Like, it's really heavy crap. Yeah. And then I get on this show, and I talk about burgers, and it's just a whole different thing. Talk about, what, like, what? where else? And I'm being honest with, with the people listening to this show, whether it's afterwards in podcast form, you're watching here live right now. When was the last time you've had a good, proper conversation about Applebee's with your friends, about Seriously. PGA Fridays, about the about the Jack Daniels burger? These are all things they sit in our long term memory and they sit there and they just waste away. And what do we do, Bruce? We bring those old memories out from the back of your brain. Sometimes they're not the best memories, but sometimes they're memories like the delicious Jack Daniels burger that has the the the, the swipe of Jack Daniels jelly. And I used to I remember. You know, I used to like to scrape a little jelly off and toss it down my, down my old gullet. I, I I miss the Jack Daniels burger. Fridays would be smart to bring that back because I can't. Again, I can't tell you the last time I've been to a Fridays. If Fridays, if you're listening, bring it on back. We're also we're we're also accepting new sponsors as well. Fridays. Fridays, let's do it. Absolutely. I actually, you know, I I, I mentioned on Twitter not too long ago that you know Arby's did that burger this past summer and it was really and it was good. good it was it was really good. good and i got a message they have the meats bruce they have the meats they have the meats i got a message from an arby's manager and he was like hey bruce thanks so much for uh you know giving us a shout out i really appreciate it you know if you ever up in you know buffalo you know burger on me you know and i was like you know what that's i'll level with you i'll level with you I, i'm actually shocked i'm still doing this i really am you know it's been four years um and I, i'm shocked i'm still in the space but the best thing about having the followers and doing the best thing is things like that. Yes, it's the cool moments you get to you get to impact and and, and chat with people that you never would have otherwise done. You know, without really social thing. media, without this little seat that I sit in, I wouldn't have enjoyed a wonderful day of chicken wings with Alton right. Brown. Alton Brown, right? Just wouldn't happen. Yeah, there are people who follow me on Twitter. I'm like, you are so much better than me at like everything you do. Why are you? Chef here? Michael Simon follows me. I mean, oh, he's man. like one of my heroes, dude, 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 dude. Yeah. yeah. Andy Anderson says, I think after introducing Hanlon's razor, it's time for Occam's razor. Oh, I already did that. Andy. I already did an Occam's razor episode. Uh, I did a Hanlon's razor episode of the Bruce exclusive, uh, not too long ago. Um, when I was talking about, uh, the Buffalo bills handling of the matter rises situation. So mm. moving along, Nate, we're going to wrap this thing up with winners and losers from the NFL. This week, the way we typically do. I'm going to start tradition. with. I'm going to start with my winner. Okay. Kirk Cousins is my winner. Ooh. And I'm going to tell you why Kirk Cousins is my winner. So all I'm mute off this. season, I'm, I'm just going to mute this so I don't have to hear it. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. It's good. All off season long, I was, I was found myself in a very strange position to be defending Kirk Cousins. Not because I think he's an elite, elite quarterback, because I think he's not garbage. And one of the discussions that we had, even from we had Matthew Collier on and we were discussing, he was like, listen, Kirk Cousins was already in a, in an easy offense, right? The Kubiak offense, right? Yep. So I don't know how much better you're going to see from Kirk Cousins. And I kept defending him going, no, you don't understand. The Kubiak offense was good for quarterbacks 15 years ago. Mm. And if there was a, a head coach who was not going to allow that type of offense to evolve, it was going to be Mike Zimmer. And 
when you look at the way that Kevin O'Connell was able to take the most dangerous player on the field and consistently get him open with Justin Jefferson, yep, that goes to show you how much you can get a boon to your offensive ability and your quarterback's production from having just not a bad offensive system. Not even a good one, just not a bad one. And I think about what Jared Goff was able to achieve with Sean McVay. Yeah. Are you trying to tell me that you can't get better than that from Kirk Cousins? Because I think you can. Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. He's always been a better quarterback than Jared Goff. And look what Jared Goff was able to do in that system with decent weapons. And Jared Goff at no point had Justin freaking Jefferson. He did not. Who is maybe the best receiver in football. So I think so. For me, yeah, I so. when I look at Kirk Cousins, I think I feel validated for this week. Hmm, now, of course, you do. because he looked unbelievably good last week and he looked casual about it. Like it was ho hum. It was yep. da, 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 da. also the Vikings finally have not good, but just not terrible protection when it comes yeah. to the offensive line. Yeah. Not good, but just not bad. Christian Derrishaw looks like the dude. Christian Derrishaw looks he like he is the dude. Chris Trapasso, friend of the show, who's out there doing the Lord's work over at CBS Sports, did a little TikTok on Christian Derrishaw, looked great. Mm-hmm. And for me, the biggest winner from the coaching change and from Derrishaw development, it's Kirk Cousins. I think there's a reasonable chance that at the end of this year, we talk about Kirk Cousins differently than we have historically. And I'll tell you what, a lot of uh, there are a lot of good Vikings content creators. Almost all of them were sort of beside themselves that that franchise decided that instead of rebuilding, they were going to sort of retool and play it back with Kirk Cousins. Um, it's one game in, but it feels like they may sort of eat their words on that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I, I've said it before. I said it on this show. I think you win a cool. I think you win Super Bowl with. Justin, with Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins right, and Kevin O'Connell. I think you can. Relax. I don't think it's going to happen because I think they're, gonna, they're probably going to run up against the Bills or the Chiefs or a really good AFC team. But I'll tell you what, that Monday night football is good. The yes. doubleheader, it's too bad that the Bills so, will be on. I won't be, get, be able to see much of that game. I'll have to watch it on replay on NFL+. Plus. Have you gotten NFL+, Plus yet, by the way? Oh, yeah, I have to have it for all 22. Yeah, same. Um, it's a disaster. It's not great. It's an absolute disaster of a product. Not great. But not great. thankfully, I have multiple televisions set up in my living room. So I can watch both at the same time. Oh, look at you. Two TVs. Dos Tivosos. I actually had, uh, at one of my old houses, I had three. And I'm mm. trying to get back to that. One of the sexiest things that Mrs. Nolan has ever said to me is, do you think we should get a third TV? <laughs> so I, I like, have oh, man. two here. Baby. We got two here. We got one up in the living room upstairs, a big 75 incher, and then we got a big uh, 55 uh, in the bedroom. So I know, I know how that goes, man. I know how it goes. They say no TV in the bedroom. That's garbage, right? That's absolutely it's garbage. It's complete garbage. We don't, no, we don't use it every night, but when we want to, especially in the middle of the summer when it's hot, we got the air conditioning in the bedroom, we want to just go watch Stranger Things while we lay in bed. Like, yeah, like where, yeah, like that's, give, give me that all day. We got a new bed this week. What did What did you get? What do you mean? What kind of bed did you get? It's a like what gigantic king sized. Oh, with a brand name? Yeah, yeah. I actually don't know the brand name. Uh, it was go- it, it, no, it was a hand me down. Oh, okay. we got a new bed. My grandfather is moving, and he has a brand new bed that he no longer needs, and so we got it from him. And so I was like, sure, yeah, it's a brand new mattress. We've had it. We had our mattress for. Gosh, 12 years, I think we've had this mattress. And Boo has, you know, chewed a hole in it and all yeah, that stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So we got a new bed and it sits higher than the other one. So we had to build Boo like a little staircase. I did so see that. Okay, that's what that was for. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But now because it's higher, we're at perfect eye level for the television. Ooh, nice. In the bedroom. So that works out really well. Evie says, uh, define brand new. Um, I think he's had it for like five months. Yeah, that's and new. he's been out of town for three of them, so he's so barely he's used it. Barely even used it. Yep. Um, because my grandfather travels all over the place. He's basically never at home. Um, but 
yeah, it's 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 brand new, brand new, and we have a a mattress topper that we put on top of it anyway, so it, it ends up feeling like our old bed, or only more sturdy, uh, because it doesn't have holes in it that have been compromised by a dog that chewed them up. Hmm. So that's my biggest winner of the week. My biggest winner of the week is this has been the most tangential show we've ever had. <laughs> biggest winner of the week is Kirk Cousins. Nate, your biggest winner of the week in the NFL. I have I have two. Oh, it's cheating. Uh, no, I no, it's not. Uh, because one's short, but my my first biggest winner this week is Brian Dable. Um, I'm a big fan of Brian Dable's. I've been a big fan of Brian Dable's, and going for two in a situation that every 31 other coaches in the NFL are going for the standard kick a field goal, get this thing to overtime, try to make a stop on defense. I love, love, love the mindset, the culture that he's already developing there in New York. They're not a good football team. They should not have beaten the Tennessee Titans. And that's typically a really good litmus test for whether a coach is going to be good or not, is if they early on their career can steal a win or two against teams that are far, far superior or far more talented than your own. So, yeah, big winner for me, Brian Dable. The other one, I think a, a guy that's simply going under the radar that I think all right now he does is win. It's a it's a Monroe St. Brown. And in week one last week against Philadelphia, yeah. he plays 88% of the snaps, 12 targets, eight receptions, 64 yards and a score for 20.6 points in standard PPR leagues. Dating back to last season over the last five weeks of the year, Bruce, 10 targets, eight catches, 109 yards, a touchdown. Week 17, 11 targets, 8 catches, 111 yards, 1 touchdown. 11 targets, 9 catches, 91 yards, and a score. In week 15, 11 targets, 8 for 90, and a score. The week before, 12 or twelve targets, 8 for 73. The week prior, Bruce, 12 targets, 10 catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. He has touchdowns in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, six of, 7 of his last 8 games, Bruce. He has a touchdown, and he has double-digit targets in every single one of those games. He's become one of the league's most underrated wide receivers at 22 years old, Bruce. He's in an offense that is now feeding him the football. And now, this year, Bruce, DJ Chark's on the other side of him. And DJ Chark's a nice little piece of good pickup for the Detroit Lions. When they get Jamison Williams back in this fold, they've got a really solid, arguably just as good of a trio. Now, they may not have the Jamar Chase that I think the, the Cincinnati Bengals have, but they might have a better second and third option if you're Detroit. And then you add in TJ Hawkinson into that mix and DeAndre Swift and the best offensive line in football. To me, the, 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 the Lions lost against Philadelphia. Philadelphia might win the NFC. Mm. And I thought the Lions put up a damn good fight and showed they can score points with mm. the best of them. The question is, can their defense improve? Can Jeff Okuda come back and, and look better from injury? Can that defense be better? Because if they can, Bruce, that's a football team that's going to be in a wild card race late into this football season. It's going to be led by Amon Ross St. Brown getting double-digit targets every single freaking week. The idea that there is an offense in football that is running through Amon Ross St. Brown is like no. I was a big Amon Ross St. Brown fan. I tried to draft him, by the way, in our in our dynasty league. I it, it didn't work. I tried to trade up and get him, and then Joe ended up getting him, sneaky Joe DiBiase. And I tried to trade for him during the season, and it didn't work. And then at the end of the season, after it was all over, I got a trade request pop up in my in and my had to do uh, in, in my inbox, it. and I was like, um, he wanted Aaron Rodgers, and. We talked back and forth, and we eventually got, I gave Aaron Rodgers and Marcus Mariota for Kirk Cousins, Amon Ross St. Brown, a one and two threes. And I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling really good about that right now. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling great about that right now. And I think that a lot of people just did that. They thought they're trying to sell high on Amon Ross St. Brown because they thought it's fluky. It's fluky. He only got these targets because other people were hurt. And the fact of the matter is, right now they're running the offense through Amon Ross St. Brown. He Threw is it. their Cooper Cup. Yeah. That's what he is. They're, You're right. He's the You're engine right. that drives. He's the engine that drives it forward because Jared Goff said this about him in the offseason. He said, when we need a play, we just go to Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm -hmm. When you need something, you know what? He's going to give me something. He's going to get open. He's going to catch the ball. If I need eight, he'll get me nine. If I need 10, he'll give me 11. If I'm in third and if I'm in second, if I get a negative play, and I'm in second and 14 and I need to get eight of it back. I'm going to go find Amon Ross St. Brown. He'll get me eight of it back. 
Do you want right. to hear what I do? You want to hear what I did uh, right before week one of another fantasy league I I was in. What did you do? Another fantasy league I was in. Uh, I didn't realize they they had scheduled the draft for a Sunday morning before week one. Not the week, not week, not last week, but the week prior at ten a.m. And I had no idea that it was going on. Like I just I just missed the memo. And my first two picks had auto drafted, and I already had kept Derrick Henry. So on my first three picks, I had Derrick Henry. James Conner, uh, Cam Akers, and oh. another running back. Oh, I had Edmonds as well as a keeper. So I had Henry and Edmonds as a keeper, and my first two draft picks were Conner and Akers. So what I did is immediately after the draft, all I had was DJ Moore at the wide receiver position. Like DJ Moore and Al Robinson were my top two wide receivers. Did you trade Cam Akers for Amon Ross St. Brown? Cam Akers and a ninth round pick for Amon Ross St. Brown and a sixth round pick before oh, week one. W, massive W. Huge dub. Huge dub, the biggest dub. The biggest. So I have, okay. I have, I have DJ Moore and Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown now. Which I biggest I mean, loser sure this week. You're gonna biggest go ahead loser. and you're gonna start us off. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start us off. And the biggest loser this week, I'm gonna go with uh, maybe a little recency biased here, but Brandon Staley. Hmm. He, Brandon Staley allowed the haters to bully him. Changing who he was because of the results that he got last year, being an overly aggressive coach. Be who you are, man. Be who you are. And he should know that the decisions to go for it, go for two point conversions, go for it on fourth down when other people's won't, wouldn't. That was not the reason they, they lost in that, in that Oakland game last year, that, that Las Vegas game against the Raiders. That's not the reason they didn't make the playoffs. Joe Lombardi's holding that team back. And I, listen, I, I, I like Joe Lombardi. It's the wrong coordinator for the wrong quarterback, in my opinion, because his average depth of target, his A dot yesterday, was a bleeping joke. A bleeping joke, Bruce. Um, that's a team. I think I saw Joe DiBiase post this today. Three quarterbacks see more too high safety coverages than any two, any three in the league. Allen, Mahomes, Herbert. And Allen has almost a full yard A dot higher than both Mahomes and Herbert. He's almost got two full yards more than Herbert does. It doesn't affect Allen the way that it's that it can sometimes affect Mahomes, but it certainly affects Justin Herbert. And Herbert and that offense are going to have to figure out ways to beat that too high safety look. And, uh, you know, listen, I'm a big Austin Eckler fan. He's got limitations. He's small. It's hard to turn around and hand the ball off to him. And they don't want to hand it off to Isaiah Spiller. And frankly... They're turning around and hand it to, uh, to Sony Michelle. He kind of stinks too. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like they've got to throw the football down the field, even when two teams are playing two high safety shells. And he proved it last night. They waited until they were down two scores to start throwing the, and, and and had broken ribs from from Justin Herbert before they started throwing the ball down the field. Do you know who's a good good quarterback for Lombardi? Davis uh, Mills. Yes, yes, he is. Give me Davis Mills in that offense. Timing, Don't give me Justin anticipation, Herbert. timing, anticipation, ball yeah. placement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Tua, Tua, yeah. Give me Tua. Tua would be that. a great quarterback for him. But then again, I thought Tua would be fine in Shane Gailey's offense too. Similar thing to you know what Ryan Fitzpatrick did. You know, yeah. Now my biggest loser this week is Mike McCarthy. Mm, oh yeah, I think yeah. it's over for Mike McCarthy. Very. I soon think the it second is, yeah. that Dak Prescott got hurt. His tenure in Dallas was over. His Hello, Dan was, Quinn. His fate was sealed. Dan mm-hmm. Quinn's going to be interim head coach, and Sean Payton will be there next year. I think that it was over the second that happened. Yep. And Mike McCarthy, I, I never thought was a good hire by any means. No, I, me either. Right? Me either. Um, I think that it was embarrassing in his first press conference where he openly just admitted that he lied to ownership to try and get the job um, about – watching all of the Dallas games and about his time with yeah, the FF yeah, yeah, and all yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, when you listen to him talk about the offense that he wants to run and how what's traditional and what's not, you just think this is, this is, this, this is ain't going to work. This ain't going right? to work. But he always had a shot if things came together this year for the Cowboys. But yeah, I don't know right. why people thought this was going to be the year for the Cowboys. They are one of the thinnest teams in football. Yep. When you look at their depth, it's just gone if there's one team that cannot afford to lose basically anybody it's dallas but can i can i say something about dallas sure sean payton isn't saving them 
Sean Payton is not a general manager. No, but I think that you might get some uh, some personnel power. Because yeah, but the, yeah, but I I, I don't think, last, I don't think Peyton's I don't think Peyton's a good guy to have give personnel. But he power might to. get his own personnel guy. Is what I'm saying. He yeah, might have to pick yeah. one. And yeah, think, think about it, think about it. when was the last time that Jerry Jones seeded some personnel power? Who was it to? Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Right. It was Jimmy Johnson. If Jerry wants to win another Super Bowl, right? He's going to have to give up some of that. He's going to have to give it up a little bit, and he's yeah. probably going to have to give it up to somebody who he has a proven track record of results, someone he knows from the past. It's going to be Sean Payton, mm. and it's going to be Payton's handpicked guy. So, for me, when I look at this situation, I think. Mike McCarthy, it's over. It's over for Mike McCarthy. Mm. So I am. I would be shocked if he was still the coach week 16 of this team. Absolutely shocked at that point. Biggest loser this week, Mike McCarthy. Ladies and gentlemen, we did. thank you for being here. We did it. Thank you for being part of this show. Thanks for following us along our windy path. That Very windy road. Very wind. It's it's a very windy road here on Food for Thought, and I hope you stayed with us, and I hope you enjoyed the ride, and most importantly, I hope you didn't leave hungry. <laughs>